The Vikings are five and one, and it looks like the division is there for the taking. What is John's level of optimism about this Vikings team in this Viking season? This is the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. It's the best way to listen. All right, John, I just got back from Miami. Uh, fascinating game in so many ways uh, with all the Miami's quarterback injuries, the Vikings having trouble offensively and still getting it done. Uh, I don't know. I was there. I wrote about it. Give me give me your big picture view of that game and the Vikings season from where you're sitting. Yeah, I mean, from from the the thing that I took away from that game in particular was that it was really nice to see the pass rush get after it a little bit more. Now, I, I know the Dolphins have some injuries and aren't aren't great up front right now. Uh, they are dealing with two backup quarterbacks. I think that you know, that plays into the execution of the offense overall. But I thought that to see the way that they were able to to get after both Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, the way they were able to kind of harass and disrupt them, um, the offense's timing and all of that, I think that was one thing that we have not seen a whole lot of in the regular season so far after week one against Green Bay and and that's what they're going to need going forward. So if that is if they can bottle that and if they can continue to kind of build on that and that wasn't just a case of playing against a weakened opponent and that's why they had success, all of a sudden I feel a little bit better about where they're going. I still think it's a flawed team, but this is a league full of flawed teams and the good news for the Vikings is that they are finding ways to win and piling up these victories while they're not playing their best. And so if they can kind of add on a little bit week to week, pass rush this week, maybe Dalvin Cook uh, kind of breaking loose gets him going a little bit more, then you start to think that maybe there's a possibility that they can find their stride midseason or a little after, and then maybe you know look really formidable going into December and into the playoff hunt. And that's what's been fascinating about the season is – you know, typical of Viking fans, of NFL fans in general, people get so pumped up about offseason moves and the idea that you're bringing in a, a, a revolutionary new coach and you're changing systems and you have all this talent. And and the expectation is, especially when you go out and beat up on the Packers in week one, if this is going to be – everything's going to be easy. It's going to fall into place. Jefferson Jefferson's going to be open by 20 yards on every play like he was against the Packers. What we're seeing now is this is a work in progress – and they're winning games while they are figuring things out, which means it's not going to be pretty. Uh, we're going to see flaws. But, man, it, it just is as much as I can cast aspersions on any individual victory they've had this season, other than maybe the Packers victory, the value of winning while you're figuring things out and while everybody else in your division is falling on their face cannot be underrated. Yeah, ab- absolutely, Jim. I mean, um, I, I think that it is okay to say when you look at this Vikings team that, oh man, like there are some real holes or there's some real areas of concern that make you wonder about their ability to win the really high level games and beat the very good teams and go deep in the playoffs and that. And I think that it would be kind of, uh, you know, purple Kool-Aid drinking to say that, oh, they're five and one. Uh, they're at clearly one of the best teams in the NFL and and the machine is rolling. That's not the case. But um, the way that they have been able to 
pull themselves together over the last five minutes of a game and just close out these games, I think is a very encouraging thing. This is a team that especially last year uh, under Mike Zimmer, all of think of all the points and all the opportunities they gave away end of halves, end of games and kept on finding ways to lose. Like this is a team right now that just finds ways to win. And so if, if if that is kind of part of their DNA, if they just have this sort of gumption about them to figure things out in the closing moments of close games, that is going to win them a lot of games because every week you're you're within a score usually or ten points in the fourth quarter, and and so the Vikings may have these periods of the game where they go into lulls. They may have issues where they look at it and and say well the pass rush isn't going or the running game isn't going or this or that isn't working but what we have seen so far in the first six games is that this team is actually very very good in the closing minutes of games and so if they can use the rest of the season to sort of smooth out some of the wrinkles that they are experiencing both offensively and defensively through the first three, three and a half quarters. And then you also have this team that just has a, uh, a fiber about them that they figure things out at the end. All of a sudden that's, that's a pretty good combination. So just the fact that, you know, right now the Packers are not playing well at all and they're just losing games. They're finding ways to lose. The Vikings are not playing the greatest. Like every game they come out of saying we should have played better. We should have played better but they're finding ways to win. And um, that just, it, it's such an important part of the NFL season because these games and these teams are so close and there's so much parity that uh, you have to give it to them. Uh, it, you know, Kevin O'Connell, even Ed Donatel has been criticized, but in the, you know, in the closing moments of these games, the defense finds a way to, to, to show some backbone and do it. And, and I think it's a team that that feels really confident that if they are right in this late in games, they're going to find a way to win it. And that's a great place to start. Subjects I want to get to. Kevin O'Connell, the atmosphere around the team. Kirk Cousins uh, being maybe more reliable in some ways than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I just said that, and I can back it up. Uh, also the pass rush and the difference between Smith and Hunter. This is the Viking Update Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. You'll see the shows as they were released. We have a lot of shows. You can go to TalkNorth.com, see all the shows and the archives of the shows, our outdoor content, Go Go for Podcasts, Cheryl Reeve, Russo, Krasinski, Malay, Diamond, uh, Smalley, Lavelle Neal. Uh, we've got the best sports lineup in town. Also, thanks to our sponsors, Starbank, the Minnesota State Lottery, Viking Scratch-Off Game Edition, and the Grain Belt Camo Pack. And thanks also to Head Flyer for uh, supporting the network and hosting the John Krasinski Show. Uh, this is a great week to listen to the John Krasinski Show. We'll be, we've already done a lot of preview shows you can go catch up on. We'll be reviewing uh, game one of the season later this week. Check that out as well. All right. Okay, let me throw out my cousin's thought. Uh, you do. You know, cousins has driven me crazy in a lot of different ways. Uh, my general stance on and by the way, I thought they should have signed him at the time they signed him. My general stance on him has been, um, you know, he, he can play the position. He can play the position well. He doesn't justify being a franchise quarterback, the salary they've paid him, or the deference they've shown him. Um, 
But now we're looking this week where Tom Brady blows, you know, Tom Brady blew off 11 games in training camp. Uh, now he blew off team meetings and a walkthrough to go to a wedding in the middle of the season, then screamed in the faces of his offensive linemen on a week where he didn't put in full effort. Aaron Rodgers goes and takes hallucinogenics in the offseason instead of working with his receivers. And now he does has no relationship, obviously, with his receivers. Uh, Cousins does put in the work. Now, you know, and this is we're going to stay away from the vaccine issue because that's a different thing. And I completely disagree with Cousins on that. But in terms of doing his job year round and being reliable and durable, Cousins does give you that. And at this particular moment in in NFL history, that looks better than what Brady and Rodgers are giving their teams. Yeah. And I mean, throw Russell Wilson in there, too. Right. I mean, he you know, some maybe he's a little banged up, but like I think that the way that he's carried himself in Denver is not going over very well there um, with the Broncos. And so like, yeah, there's a lot of these marquee quarterbacks who are having difficulties for issues other than just strictly performance. And I do think that one thing about cousins is that in this entire, in his entire stay here um, so far, you can't ever say really that he is made. Yeah. Yeah. If we take the vaccine thing out of it, you can't say that he has made things about himself. He is kind of constantly minimizing or deflecting or kind of, you know, being boring, doing, doing the kinds of things to get the attention away from himself. And, you know, whether it's onto other teammates, whether it's onto the coaches or, or things like that, I think that, that can resonate within a locker room when this guy is making all of this money. He's got all of these guarantees in his contract that many of them, the other guys don't do, but he doesn't carry himself like he is above the team that he, like he can do his own thing and, and, and not face any repercussions for it. So you have that part of it that I think is, is is helping cousins. And then the other part, Jim, is that a, an offshoot of, the early success that they have had the ability to squeeze out some of these games and pile up some of these wins is now in this more positive environment. Now all of the foibles, all of the things that maybe kind of annoyed you about Kirk cousins. Now they're coming endearing, you know, now he's, now he's this, this kind of nerdy guy who wears the chains and is embracing that nerdiness and does the goofy dances and everyone kind of, laughs and chuckles ah that's kirk we're having fun with him and and in this kind of in the afterglow of these victories that's all fun and games and that's really good and and everyone's having a good chuckle with it if they were two you know what let's see if they were yeah two and four or something like that then all of a sudden that's the kind of stuff that grades on you and just like man can't we just get a somebody who's going to grab this team by the throat and and show real leadership and stuff like that and and, and stop being kind of goofy in, in all of these things. And so I think that Kirk is benefiting from some of these wins, which he has had a big role in, in making the plays down the stretches and doing, doing things like that. But, um, but also the, the more of the low key demeanor that he has, I think it, 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 it has less of a potential to be an issue with teammates. than if Tom Brady is, is is hollering at you on the sideline after after going to the wedding and then if Aaron Rodgers is missing passes 
um, when he was really wasn't around all summer um, and, and, and trying to maybe check out and get out of Green Bay. So um, her cousins is is it, you, they have not had to worry about anything like that um, with Kirk cousins. And I think that that is starting to build a little bit momentum and a little bit of wind at his back. And I will say something similar about Kevin O'Connell here shortly. We do want to thank uh, star bank. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about star bank. Star bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at star bank and they have no call center. It's just banking. How it should be a throwback to the good days, mobile app, check convenient services. You've got it. Check out star bank for yourself for deposits and lending solutions. Work with the local community bank that cares Starbank.net member. FDIC and equal housing lender. Thanks also to the Minnesota State Lottery Viking Scratch Off Game Edition. It's the time of year to go big, to grab your passion by the horns, to let your purple flag fly. The Minnesota Lottery's Vikings Big Ticket Scratch Game is here to help you do just that. With $10.2 million in total cash prizes, you'd think that's as big as it gets. But the ticket is so large, it has huge second chance prizes too. So say I'm in. Minnesota Lottery must be 18 or older to go big. And thanks to the Minnesota tradition, Grain Belt. Check out the Grain Belt Camo Pack. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shots stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight-pointers and the 12-ouncers. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. So luck and timing always are a factor in professional sports. They are particularly a factor this year. The, the Vikings have gotten to play backup quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, injured teams, bad teams. And on Sunday, they got to play a third-string quarterback who then gave way to a second-string quarterback who wasn't as good as the third-string quarterback. They were very lucky there. I think Skylar Thompson might have caused them some real problems with his athletic ability and his arm. Teddy Bridgewater, even though he was fairly productive, looks to me like a beat-up old player for obvious, for justifiable, obvious reasons. He just doesn't look very dynamic to me. doesn't even look as spry as he once did. So they got very lucky on Sunday. All that luck and winning close games has done for O'Connell what kind of what you're saying it has done for Cousins in this season. O'Connell's five and one. Nobody's looking at him. Nobody's giving him side eye. Nobody's going, does this guy really know what he's doing? If he's two and four with a veteran team with a lot of talent, with a, a sporadic offense, he might be facing some tough media questions. He might be facing some tough internal questions, even if they're unspoken. Being five and one buys him time and credibility. Yeah, absolutely. Gives him a, a little cushion, um, which I think every head coach would really want uh, early on in his tenure. I think that Kevin O'Connell has said it, um, but also we can infer, infer it in just watching game to game that he still, as a young first time coach in this league, has a lot to learn. And there are really impressive stretches where the offense seems to be humming and he is calling exactly the right plays and keeping the defense off balance. And they're just 
rolling down the field and scoring with ease. And then there are times where maybe he gets a little too cute. Maybe um, some of the clock management things, maybe a use of timeouts, uh, stuff like that. And you're just, you're, you're scratching your head a little bit and you're asking questions. Okay. Why did he do that? Now, um, if those mistakes that he's making, or if just those little learning processes were resulting in, in losses now, the heat is really turned up on those questions. Why did you do that? How could you do that? All of these things. And the players might be looking around and saying, man, does this guy really have a good head on his shoulders? Does he know what he's doing here? But instead, he has been able to, within games, uh, have these uh, really long periods of success and, and, and pushing the right buttons at the end of games to get them into field goal position, into touchdown range and win these games. And that inspires so much confidence. And as you know, Jim, this league is so physically demanding and mentally draining on players that if you do not believe in the guy who is leading you into the arena, um, it just makes it so much more difficult. And I think that I heard Ben Lieber talking about this uh, just yesterday, and I agree with it in, in kind of the time that I've been around the team and talking to players who I've known for several years, Adam Thielen being one of them. And there is a real confidence and belief in Kevin O'Connell among the rank and file players. And that is a huge, huge thing for Kevin O'Connell to have in his corner. And so that means when they go into these games, they can weather a little adversity. Um, They can explain away um, a, a decision that didn't work out and just say, yeah, but look at all the decisions that have worked out. Uh, they can stay in the fight and they can believe that right to the end, Kevin O'Connell is going to a have the right calls made to get them in position to win games and B have their backs both in the locker room, on the field, in life that I think inspire a group to play with them. And so for a first time head coach to have this kind of success Early on in his tenure, it really is invaluable into building that trust and to really fortifying the relationships that he's been trying to build. And it again, it doesn't make sh- it doesn't mean he's going to be Bill Belichick and be here for twenty years and win all these titles and things. But it certainly gives him a little bit more grace going forward if they have a bad game, if they have a misstep, if something doesn't work out. Um, you know they. They they looked really bad in Philly for the most part, and they have recovered and 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 done just fine. And now they're flying high again. So um, yeah, I think that it's it, you can't overstate the importance of this for Kevin O'Connell to establish himself with this team, with this organization, and get people to buy into what he's selling. I think he's also loosened up. Uh, there are times in the offseason we heard about him being uptight about certain mm-hmm. media things or, or reports about practices and all that. And I thought that was a bit of a red flag. Uh, he's, you know, going five and one uh, has also allowed him to be a little relaxed, uh, not relaxed in, necess- in, in terms of preparing his team, but relaxed as a public figure. And he, he seems like a pretty likable guy. I mean, I, 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 he seems like somebody you can have fun with. Uh, you know, he seems like somebody who who wants to be a good guy, who wants to be seen as a good guy. And as you said, uh, it is remarkable 
to there's a difference between people saying diplomatic things and people saying things in a way that you know it's more than just diplomacy. And the players just rave about him and this coaching staff and the organization, the way they're treated. And yes, part of that is a re, an overreaction to Zimmer, but part of it is just they like this guy. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, he he came in and. He has sort of some of the buzzwords and things that a lot of young coaches have and make you kind of, you know, look a little bit side eye at it. And is this okay? What's this approach and how is this going to work? And does this really matter? Well, when you when you follow through and make your buzzwords more than just buzzwords, but they actually have meaning and weight behind them, that's what can really endear a coach to the players that he is leading. And I do think that the players believe that what Kev, that Kevin O'Connell has backed up his words with actions. And, and so they really think that they can believe what he says and that Kevin O'Connell has their best interests at heart. And so I think that that has been maybe an undersold part of the Kevin O'Connell start to his uh, to his coaching era here is that he has been able to get the players to believe in this very cynical league in a league that chews players up and spits them out the way that the NFL does just with the physical demands and, uh, and, and everything that goes with it. O'Connell has the players believing that my head coach really wants the best for me and is looking out for me. And that I don't think, has always been the case here. And um, there is a personability to uh, to O'Connell. There's a humanity to him, I think, that is really important in a very inhumane league. And so when you actually you couple that humanity with the success that they're having, like I think that was, Jim, just to compare it, like that was one of Leslie Frazier's downfalls, right, is that, is less like all the players believed in him and they loved him and they thought that he really was looking out for them, but they didn't have the success on the field to back that up. And part of that was talent. And, you know, there's a lot of things that went into it, but they just did not have enough success on the field for a, for a guy like less to, to kind of keep that job and keep, keep going. Whereas if O'Connell can have more of that, um, that's going to really pretend for a long stay here, um, and a potentially very successful one. I also appreciate, uh, I've heard a lot of people kind of rip on O'Connell's like lengthy say nothing mm -hmm. answers. I have a slightly different perspective on that. I think he's been coached to be long winded and give out no information because that is a very smart strategy when you're trying to avoid saying anything you're going to regret. But he always, it, to me, if you listen careful at the end, he actually gives you a hint. Mm -hmm. he, he goes through the cliches and says what like a PR ex expert would want him to say, which is nothing. And at the end, he'll kind of go, yeah, but our backup quarterback sucks. So we're getting rid of uh, Mond. And I mean, it's a, he really can't. That's what I kind of like about him. I think he, it, I think it's in his nature to actually give you an answer, a real answer, no matter what other machinations he's going through. Yeah, it's a great point because, I mean, we all loved being in a Mike Zimmer post game because he may not be warm and fuzzy. Um, he may kind of be dismissive with some of your questions, but he answered them and they were exactly what he thought and he pulled no punches. Um, and so that was, 
refreshing and candid and all of that. I think with O'Connell, you're right. Like he, there is maybe a little bit of word salad. There's a lot of uh, of just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff out there, and 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 it, it seems designed to be to to say. I'm going to say a lot of words and I'm going to make you think that I'm giving you a really good answer. But in the end, I'm not really saying that much. But like you said, I think that you can interpret things yep. from O'Connell. Um, and and it may not be that you are just directly going word for word with quotes with what he is saying, but the way that he says it, how he finishes his answers, you can, he's kind of like steering people to where he thinks it's important and, and to what the real answer is without actually coming out and saying it. And that is very strategic on his part and very smart on his part. Um, so I think he does give the reporters who ask the questions the roadmap to get where we need to go, but it's never going to be a headline of O'Connell, colon, Justin Jefferson has to be better or something like that. Um, it, it, it it's very much laying breadcrumbs and really just kind of sending you down that path rather than out and out saying it, but you can absolutely infer and interpret real substance from what he is saying. It's just not in the same manner that we did with Mike Zimmer. All right. It's easy to talk about quarterbacks and offense because it's fun. Let's, we do need to talk about the defense here. I thought one really good sign, one really bad sign. Really good signs, Darius Smith, who to me looked slow and injured in some previous games, mm -hmm. was dynamic in the Miami game. He looked great. Um, and the negative, Daniil Hunter just was rather invisible again. Yeah, I think that um, I, I'll, I'll say I was quite frankly surprised that Zadarius played yeah. that um, overpowering because I, I was getting a little concerned about just seeing – him being a little bit more slow footed over the last couple of weeks and just wondering what exactly was going on there. So to see him be in the middle of the action, be disruptive um, and, and do a lot of the things that he did in week one against green Bay, I think was a big, big thing. You're right though. Um, we have not seen 99 make a real play um, for a while now. And, and maybe, maybe he's got had one or two here or there, but he's made some plays in the run in running games. He's actually made a couple, of key plays in the run game and late game situations that were important. He's just not, but, but let's face it. Daniel Hunter was a historically good young pass rusher. And yes. we're just not seeing that right now. Yeah, that's it. it it's like you, when you, you expect a, a player of Daniel Hunter's caliber to be more consistently disruptive, more consistently um, in the mix, both in the passing game and in the running game. And we, and we have not seen that good, you know, another good news. I think Harrison Smith has been around the ball a lot more. Yeah. Um, yes. that's, that's encouraging, um, to, to see that. I think Patrick Peterson's playing very, very well, but yes, I think that if, you know, against Buffalo, against Dallas, against, uh, some of the teams that are going to be coming up on the schedule that are going to be better, um, and, and more equipped to do some damage, uh, they got to find a way to get Hunter going and maybe over this bye week, whether it is getting, getting him a little treatment or whether it's just kind of looking at film and finding and identifying ways for him to be more effective and putting him in different positions. I think that's got to be a priority going forward. 
Let's get a final thought from John. Once again, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com and the Viking Update podcast. <clears throat> Check out John Krasinski's show later this week on the Timberwolves opener. And of course, we'll be back with the Viking Update show and Jeff Diamond's Vikings NFL Insider. Uh, Jeff's show will come out, the, the former Viking general manager, his show will come out later this week. And then the Viking Update show will be back early next week to preview uh, the Vikings coming off the bye. So, John, uh, give me a final thought and anything you like. Yeah, I think that I, I, I really do think, Jim, that seeing Delvin Cook pop that big run at the end of the game was really important. We just have not seen the dynamic Delvin very much this season. And so for him to kind of get loose and and take one to the house and um, and show that he can still be a home run hitter, like I think that's important not just for Delvin – or not just for the Vikings in general to see that, but for the rest of the league to see that as well. Because if you're an opposing defense that is trying to game plan for this offense, I think that over the first five weeks of the season, you would look and say, you know, can Dalvin still really hurt us? Like, is is that the thing? Or do we really just need to load up more on Jefferson, on Thielen, get after Cousins, and that's the way to win games? So I think, like, having Dalvin have that big run and run away from guys the way that he did at least puts in the back of the mind of defensive coordinators that, yeah, this guy can still be a problem if we're not really kind of on our P's and Q's and, 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 and fit it up in the running game. And so um, that could provide long-term benefits for the passing game as well, just to keep opposing defenses on their heels a little bit. My final thought, the Vikings should win the NFC North. Uh, I thought they had a chance to be a playoff team. I thought they had a chance to compete for the division title. I thought they had a chance to win double-digit games at this point, even though the schedule might actually be tougher than we thought it was with teams like the Jets and the Cowboys looking better and the Giants. I still think this team can get to 12 wins and win the division. I don't think the Packers are good. Woo! I love it. Hot take I'm on the record. Into the, bye. the Packers, the pa- I'm not even sure it's hot. I think it's obvious. The Packers are not good. That's a bad team. Yeah. They are there. They have not been good. The defense has not been great. I do not know why they are not giving the ball to Aaron Jones a heck of a lot more than, than what they have been doing. Um, I, you know, I'm still, I'm not ready to say it just because I think there's so much equity built up that they fi- always seem to find a way back into things. So I want to give it a few more weeks, but I can't argue with you because they have not, they, they, they've not been anything like what you would normally expect an Aaron Rodgers offense to be. Um, and that the Jets just handled them at Lambeau. And uh, that's a pretty glaring loss, even if I think the Jets are a little bit better than they have been, to come in and just handle the Packers like that. I do think they have a lot of problems. And I'm going to be really interested. More, mostly, most uh, weeks I would not really care at all about Packers, Washington commanders, but that's that could be a sneaky, tough game if the Packers keep playing like this. So um, I'm not ready to put the the – final shovel of dirt on the grave yet for them but uh but i'm digging the hole that's for sure they uh they do not look good Devonte adams is not walking through that door mm. <laughs>